All right, welcome everybody to another episode of our Puget Systems Podcast Live Q&A show. Uh, this week, we're joined by Gabriella Kay, a virtual production artist. I feel, I feel maybe my, my announcement of expert may have been a little too bold. <laughs> uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have you back. We did, we did uh, have a bit of a talk with you back in May, um, and I'm, I'm really excited to hear how things are now. And uh, we're also joined by Kelly, our internal expert uh, in the same sort of like industry and stuff that Gabby plays around in. So um, I guess just to start off, let's go ahead and give a little, uh, little intro in case anybody wasn't around for the last time or who don't know who you are and what you do. Hi, everybody. I'm Gabriella. I go by Feeding Wolves, and um, I've been doing all-in-engine virtual production with an emphasis on motion capture. And um, I started out without any experience whatsoever. Um, up until a year ago, I, I, I would have never imagined what I would be doing today. But um, I'm not going to go into exactly what virtual production is because there's so many different aspects of it. But um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how to continue with that. Um, uh, let's see. So about a year ago, I was actually still working in hospitality as a bartender and server. Um, I wanted to be a filmmaker my whole life. And um, it was not really ever in my mind going to be a reality until I found out about virtual production. And um, I lost my job due to COVID. And I figured, you know what, um, if this isn't a good time to fully commit, then I don't know when. So um, I installed Unreal. I started out with just a little knowledge in Premiere Pro. Um, I had played with um, some cameras, doing videography, just learning the basics of like audio and lighting. And, you know, I started off with like a T2i three years ago, upgraded to like a 1DX. And then I was like, still, I didn't feel like I was getting close to my dream. So then I discovered Unreal and virtual production. And um, uh, let me see. So, um, yeah, I don't even know. Like it's been, it's been so, um, it's been, a, it's been one hell of a ride. Like uh, for anybody who's like, you know, still working in the hospitality and it's like, man, I have this dream. I really want to like one day, like, you know, get into film and I can't afford a hundred thousand dollar film school. Um, and I don't know like Maya or motion builder. Um, I feel like, um, in less than a year, I've, I've spent so much time like using all of this really cool tech and I've met some amazing people, some amazing companies and, um, and which led me to, to Puget, um, building me uh, a computer that, um, now I'm spending like 14 hour days on set in my house, um, working on like short films, working on a feature film, like a, a feature film for like a filmmaker, uh, who lives all the way in London. Like I, you know, I, I never imagined I'd be where I am today. So I'm so grateful. Um, yeah, that's always the awkward. Like, tell us about yourself. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love hearing that. Um, it, it comes up often enough in the show that the the barrier to entry has is has been. I mean, there's practically no barrier anymore. Anybody with the with the gumption, the the motivation, and drive to learn, uh, in particular, like filmmaking of of any sort, um, 
there's so many free tools available. There's so much information and education out there available to just anybody. Uh, wow. Yeah. And, and the, the whole pandemic thing really provided the perfect opportunity. I, I think mm-hmm. it's great. It, war- it warms my heart to, to hear like that kind of stuff. It's super cool. Um, I guess, I guess to start off, um, you said you were working on a, a, a feature film with a with a gentleman uh, in London, right? Um, we'll we'll go ahead and just shout them out. Has Film Studio. I'll post a link in the chat. Um, did you start? Were you working with him before you got the system from us, or or how did that go? Okay, so when I first learned about virtual production with regards to like using Unreal Engine for film, not mm-hmm. for making games. Um, I was told I was like, I'm going to need a PC. I'm going to need like something that's like, you know, that can handle, you know, um, graphics and I need a a graphics card. I didn't even know what that was. That's how green I was. Um, So um, someone told me one of my friends who works in a studio was like, yeah, you'll need like, you know, a powerful PC. And I was like, I want a laptop, you know. So um, this guy named Alec. Alex Barch, who actually recommended I talk to Puget first. He's like, go to Puget Systems. He's like, they'll build you whatever you need. And I was like, yeah, but I I need a laptop, you know, like I want a laptop. I'm stuck on this laptop thing. Not that I'm going to go anywhere. So, <laughs> so he recommended the Razor Studio, which mm-hmm. uh, which I would say was like, you know, like the first PC that kind of looked like a MacBook Pro. And I was like, okay, I can live with this. And I went on the website and I saw they had has showing him how he made an entire film in Unreal. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm like, oh my God, like he's doing it. Like I, wow, like that is what it looks like. That is what it's supposed to look like. That's what a filmmaker creating something entirely inside of Unreal looks like. And I was like, he looks like the, you know, like a legend to me right now. Um, I, he's so far away, so distant. So um, I started learning Unreal. It took me, um, it took me a few months and um, doing it like every single day, just living and breathing it. And then um, he had a course that he released by, um, it was like, I forget what the course was. Um, it's it's a course on one of the websites. Oh, God, why can't I remember the name? But, um, but anyways, I watched this entire course, and he talked about his entire workflow. He talked about how he's organized, how he works with um, actors, character assets. I mean, basically, like, who he is and what his work ethic is. So I reached out to him, and at that point, I was, you know, just creating little content pieces with uh, the mocap that um, I was getting from Xens and Manus. And uh, he's like, oh, he, I was like, I really, I, I enjoyed this course that you did. And um, he's like, oh, he's like, thank you so much. He's like, I, I see that you're also, you know, using Unreal and you're doing motion capture. He's like, maybe we should collaborate. And I was like, I was like, I'm like super new. Like I've never done this before. I'm like, why don't you test drive me? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, give me a test. Give me like a challenge. And if it's good enough, you know, like, okay, I just don't want to promise something I can't deliver. Cause again, I'm like, I'm, I'm a baby in this world. So, um, he gave me a test. He's like, okay, I want you to perform, uh, two characters playing off of each other. And I said, okay. So I got the characters. I did, um, I streamed in the data live inside of unreal. I recorded all of this so he could see it. I played the one character, and then I played the other character and it was like something really hard with like hands touching. And I was like, oh my God, this is so hard. So I, I, 
I completed the test and um, I sent him like the UE asset file. I just sent him like a little file that he can drop into his project. He doesn't have to like import anything. It's already on the characters. There's no extra work. And he's like, He's like, this will work. He's like, this will work. He's like, I didn't have to import any FBX. I didn't have to retarget. I didn't have to do anything. He's like, he's like, let's do this. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, so that was that was how we started off. Um, but um, I was using a laptop, and this is a guy making a, a fully animated feature length film. So I noticed we started noticing some issues because um, this thing can only like it's only capped at like 60 frames per second. Mm. If I'm streaming in like mocap data from Xsense into Unreal, my frame rates were dropping to like 15, 20. It oh, was. Wow we were losing all this data and standard procedure is you actually have two computers you have the one that streams in the motion capture data um into unreal and then you have your unreal station but um i just had a laptop so um we noticed the issues when we were capturing walk cycles that we were trying to slow down we were noticing like like the walk cycles were real kind of like jittery oh, okay. um so around that time is when I um, talked to you guys at Pupit. <laughs> I told you, I was like, I'm running, I have a list of all the softwares I'm running and um, it's like, it's killing. I'm not able to like deliver the results I need to deliver. Um, and I'm running a bunch of uh, motion capture softwares into Unreal. I'm recording all of it in there. Um, so, that is how I met Haz. And um, it's been like a dream come true. He's like the guy I first saw and I was like, he's like my idol. And now I'm actually like collaborating with him. And with this new workstation, um, yesterday he's like, I want I want to see something. I want you to capture this data at like 1 16th of a second, okay? Inside of Unreal with LiveLink. And I was like, okay. And um, I streamed it into Unreal and I was looking at the frame rate. It was like 120 perfect frame rates. I'm looking at the curves of the data. I'm like, this is, this is perfect. Like I'm not losing absolutely any data. And, uh, I can play with people like has now, like I can actually, like, I don't need a, a $50,000 computer. I can actually like deliver, you know, um, something for someone that's working on a, a feature film. You know, this is, this is crazy. Oh, that's so cool. I love it. Oh, to kind of rewind just a little bit, you mentioned the um, all of these software packages and stuff that you're using. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Okay, so um, so Unreal is like the main software I use. I don't, I don't mm -hmm. like that's that's where I end up. Okay, so um, what I use is um, I do full body mocap now. So okay. I've got the XN's Link Suit. Okay, which is it's wireless. Um, it uh, communicates uh, with my computer with a software called MVN Animate. And then I also have the gloves, the Prime 2 gloves from Manus. And um, in order to get those to um, work with Xsens is I use Manus Core. So once I open up Manus Core, I um, calibrate the gloves. Um, Manus Core then is integrated inside of MVN. So MVN is getting the data from Manus Core, okay, mm -hmm. and the body data, all right? And then I stream that into Unreal, okay, or I just record my data. Mm -hmm. uh, but now I'm using um, 
I'm using Facewear in addition to that. And uh, with Facewear, so I just had the pleasure of testing out their Mark IV HMC. It's like a, a like um, it's like a head cam, you know, and um, it's completely wireless. So um, I had the XM suit on, I had the Manus Prime 2 gloves on, and then I had the head cam on. And because it's wireless, um, it communicates with a key pro, okay, which is also connected to the computer. And then um, using a software called Shepard, I'm able to record the uh, facial motion data. And then I'm also able to stream it inside of Facewear Studio and then stream all of that data inside of Unreal simultaneously while maintaining really, really high frame rates, um, doing this with metahumans. So there is uh, barely any latency. I'm running like screen recorder. I'm doing like a live Zoom while I'm doing this. I've got like Discord open. Um, I just added... Um, the valve index to my workflow. So now I'll be adding the, um, the uh, VR trackers um, in addition to everything else running on like one computer. And typically like, and I had told you Kelly, I was like, you technically need like two computers, like one to run all the motion capture software on and then one for Unreal. And you're like, no, we, we, can, we can make this work in one computer. And you did. Like you actually did. So I can literally do like the work of two computers in one. And um, there's there's like, there's so, I've, I had to take some notes. Oh, in addition oh, yeah. to that, there's more. <laughs> in addition to that, um, I'm also now testing out this virtual camera where it's, um, you connect it on your phone and then you just drop a plug-in into your project. So while you're streaming and all of this live data, you can actually control a real virtual camera inside of your scene um, live. And this can all be used for like remote multi-user sessions, which means that like multiple people can be inside of the same project. Um, and again, like, you know, no latency, um, the graphics power, the, the processing is like insane on this. So, um, yeah, you got me started. So, <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> oh, and it never heats up. Like this thing is like you know cool. It's like I'm in Florida, and like my room is cool. It's still cool. So, <laughs> oh, I love it. And so I know Kelly, you had a big mm -hmm. hand in configuring, figuring out the the like what do we get for Gavin yep. to make this all work? How what what how does that work? Like give give us walk us through how that that sort of process works for like somebody. Who, um, outside like right so this really kind of we had to dive into exactly what software was being used and how that software utilizes hardware mm -hmm. um, in the case of motion capture pretty much all that stuff is only uses a couple cpu cores at a time oh, okay. but it wants them to be very very fast um, okay. mm -hmm. but then you have so many things going on at the same time that like you need a decent number of cores that are very fast because there's normally like most CPUs can have one core that goes really fast, but the other right. cores aren't doing anything. But if you make all cores go fast, then they all kind of slow down a bit to maintain heat and um, energy power, energy draw and all that kind of stuff. Um, so by looking at exactly what the work is and how those systems are used, um, was able to like figure out that kind of the the Ryzen 9 was the like sweet spot between getting very fast and a number of cores 
plus getting as much RAM as we need, the um, entire latency of the entire system with like how it translates, you know, data from the um, CPU to the RAM to the hard drive and like moving around the system. Um, Ryzen just kind of has this good sweet spot of that kind of workload. Whereas like a Threadripper doesn't have quite as fast um, moving stuff around at the system and the CPU cores aren't as fast, but they have a lot more. It was kind of a, like for motion capture, this is exactly what works best. Cool. Right on. Oh, that's so cool. You know, just a moment. I was answering a few questions from from the chat. They were wondering about the specs of the system, um, and so I was I was kind of typing those into the chat, and also shared a, a link in the chat uh, directly to kind of an overview of the system that we have on on our website as well. Uh, so for anybody who is wondering about all that, uh, let me see if there were any quick questions that I may have missed. Just just people happy to Actually, see you. Happy to see you. Quite a bit better system than I have. <laughs> what? No, that's okay. So um, yeah, I don't I don't do that fancy of things. <laughs> all right, right. Um, so okay, so you had all these the these kind of issues with the laptop, things not getting the data to where they need to go very as quickly as they should be. Uh, I imagine that has changed. You were just saying about how you're running all this extra stuff um, on just one machine. That's that's kind of cool. I feel like that's amazing. Um, that's kind of a big shift. If if normal if the normal workflow is two PCs and now you're able to handle all of this stuff all on one, um, that's got to save a lot of time, right? Kinda, I mean, or you're going to get me started again? Yeah, um, <laughs> okay. I, I am so grateful to have this. You have no idea, like, like I really realized how lucky I was. Um, when I started rendering things out and I started like recording my data, like my face, um, face data inside of Unreal with the MetaHumans. And I was like, I had all of these different softwares open. I was like cleaning it up. I was forgetting I had a bunch of stuff still open. And I was like, like my workflow was, it, it was smoother. I was actually getting so much better data. I was no longer worrying about like, maybe I should close Unreal and let my computer cool off for a minute. Um, I remember rendering something out on the laptop with a metahuman and I, I I honestly felt like the computer was gonna start melting. Like it was it was so scary. I was like, I walked away and I was like, oh my God, like I this is it. Like was this render even worth it? You know? Um, so now I'm like, oh, you know what? Like, let me see if I can render it in like 4K. You know what? Let me try 8K. And I was like, maybe I should try 16K. Um, I have to look oh. that one. I'm pretty sure you can, but um nothing. Like it was like it was like the computer was like, okay, like, what else? Like, what else do you want to do? Like, come on, let's redo that. Didn't you find anything you didn't like in that frame? Um, it's like, it's, it's honestly like for someone like myself, who is, I'm not a studio. I, I can't afford a hundred thousand dollar film school. Um, I can't afford a monthly subscription to Maya or motion builder or anything like that. My workflow is done entirely inside of unreal. And um, I am grateful to be able to use, all of this amazing motion capture tech in order to create content inside of Unreal. And I'm still learning. I still have so much I need to learn. And every time I create something new, I'm always incorporating all of the new things I'm learning, but I wouldn't be able to kind of move forward if I didn't have something like this that was specifically made for me. Um, the other thing is um, I'm able to produce like 
quality results so that I can continue to work with someone like has, you know, where he's not like, hey, you know what, like the data is looking kind of bad. Like we might have to like, you know, get a stage or get someone who's got like, you know, something better than you. Like I can literally like spend like 14 hours a day in this room and like work with people like that. And um, this opportunity is just, I, I never really thought this would ever be possible for me, you know? Um, so I don't even, yeah, I'm just. <laughs> oh, no, I love, I love hearing that kind of thing. Uh, man, it just, it, it really is super cool to, it's, it's like not, I don't want to be super cheesy or cliche, but like the Cinderella story kind of thing of, of, you know, just the average person is, is, has the tools available to them to do some really incredible things. And it, mm-hmm. it warms my heart. <laughs> um, Kelly, I, I wanted to, to point out this, this kind of a, a short question, um, but it's in, in regarding our use of AMD and uh, before the stream, you had mentioned Threadripper. And so or original nine um, on YouTube was asking, what what is a what is a good use case? Uh, where would we use Threadripper over, say, like the regular Ryzen nine? Um, you had kind of mentioned that before the stream about a particular use there, mm-hmm. and I was just curious if we could touch on that a little bit. So, for me, the in Unreal Engine specifically, the differentiation between Ryzen and Threadripper would be if you are spending a significant amount of time compiling shaders every day, um, which tends to be more of the game dev side, is they'll do thousands and thousands of shaders um just constantly redoing them uh, every day or working with source code or any of that kind of stuff where you need to spend time compiling mm-hmm. um or if you are using one of the other rendering um like engines that you can put on top of unreal engine like octane or um can't remember the which ones are the cpus ones right off the top of my head right now um <laughs> But like if you are doing some of the other rendering package that uses CPU rendering, you'd want to go with um, Threadripper over Res9 because you want those extra threads. But if you're doing like focusing more on the art side on like um, creating models, animations, uh, environments, that kind of stuff, Ryzen 9 will give you the faster cores you need to do those single threaded things, but still have a good range of cores to be able to do that the because like everyone that works on real has to recompile shaders all the time. Like it just, okay. it'll just randomly be like, Oh yeah, we're going to recompile your shaders today. You're like, great. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but like it takes, you know, on a typical scene, five minutes, maybe one time, and then you're done for the day. Um, okay. So like, that's not a big deal, but if you're on a, four core CPU, you could be waiting an hour and you're just like sitting there waiting for your computer to finish doing his thing so you can start working. Wow. And so Threadripper or Ryzen's kind of the, the sweet spot and then Threadripper if you want to go more um, rendering or code compiling. Cool. Awesome. Thank you. I, I hope that helped out Original 9 a little bit in, in touching on what it, what they were hoping for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm curious what, uh, for Gabby, I mean, um, what what part of the real workflow has, has kind of changed the most going from the laptop? 
I mean, God, where do I start? Oh, so (laughs) first thing is like the, the, the graphics card that I had. Okay. And the laptop was like, it was, it, it it was a good, like for me to get started, like from Mm -hmm. transitioning from like a Mac to a PC and Mm -hmm. being able to like, you know, play inside of unreal for virtual production. Um, but, um, with this one, it's got an a 6,000, like, I don't even think like, does that even need a response? Like <laughs> that's amazing. Like it's, it's I, I believe it's like the most professional, like mm. high quality graphics card on the market. I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> I think I even like, trained my mom. I was like, you know what this means? I'm like, do you know what this means? You know, she's like, no, I don't. I was like, so, um, <laughs> that alone, um, that alone is again, 4k 8k no problem right i'm like well like how how high of how high quality can i go um the amount of like processing uh power that like the scenes that i'm now playing with just playing with and just learning with um it doesn't even like miss a beat i don't have to like turn it off and give it a minute to cool off um i you know what else I no longer have to look at the system requirements when I install something. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, eh, okay. It honestly is like full speed ahead, like full speed ahead. Like there's nothing holding me back now. Like I say, cool. I want to learn that. I want to test that out. Like I never have to worry about the computer holding me back. It might be like my level of skill. Um, but I would say with all of the stuff that I'm doing, all of the softwares, all of the plugins, everything that I'm running, the the computer is like the heart of it all. And it just, it makes sure everything Everything runs smoothly. Um, the I don't I don't even know what to say. It's just like it's like <laughs> I, I have a relationship with it, a serious yeah. relationship with it at this point. Um, but it's it's it's, um, it's at the studio level, and mm-hmm. again, I'm at my house. You know, I'm not at a studio. Um, I don't have an army of people, so I'm able to do like the work of an entire team. Think about like th- I think about this. I think. Um, if I was, if you were to look at the budget of an entire feature film, is going to be a really insane amount of money, mm-hmm. um, and the amount of money that you're going to spend to like pay people, you know what I mean? So now with this, okay, this workstation and the A six thousand, I can I can kind of kind of compete, you know, like depending mm-hmm. on how how much I am able to learn and how. Um, how my how I'm able to like get collaborators to help me, um, but now I can make a short feature film. I can make a fully length feature film, like look it has, um, from home. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can like walk the dog, come back, and do what I got to do. I don't have to be on set. You know, um, far away from home. I mean, like my quality of life has actually changed because of it. So, um, so yeah. That's that's neat. To, to uh, it just occurred to me too that um, we might see a kind of a growth in almost virtual acting where like a lot Mm -hmm. of voiceover acting uh, people have like a little recording studio in their closet or whatever to do voiceover stuff. I can see where this might progress to a similar sort of thing for, um, you know, acting, Mm -hmm. you you do all the motion stuff for whatever it is you're working on and you don't have to go anywhere. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, it kind of leads into this question from Max Murray on YouTube. Uh, how much full body content could you realistically produce in one day? How much full body content could I what? Like captured, like motion captured stuff? 
We may need a little bit more specificity there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> um, honestly, like I believe, like, and I've asked extensive this question. Um, same with the Manus. Um, same with Facewear. Mm-hmm. You can basically record all day long. You can do it live, but again, you're going to need a powerful enough workstation. And um, I'm again, I'm doing all in engine virtual production, which means that everything I'm doing is going to be like full CGI. Everything is done inside of the engine, but I'm not doing it for games. I'm doing it for filmmaking. Now I am collaborating with other people who are doing mixed reality, who are also, you know, like incorporating, they probably have even like more beasts of workstations than I do. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say like I was working with, let's say a studio and they're like, we want to know like, can you spend three hours, you know, hooked up to a suit, live streaming with high quality data? Now I can. Mm-hmm. Um, laptop, no, like it would have like, you know, it would, something horrible would have happened. Um, and even then the data wouldn't have been good. It would have even, even like been quality enough. It would have been like, here, let's test this. But I believe you could do it all day long. Like the suit can stay... Um, can stay going. I think it's like 16 hours. I think maybe the gloves would need to be plugged in. Um, uh, they would actually have to be plugged in because I don't think they can last 16 hours. And then same with the um, the head cam. However, the head cam, you can like just switch the batteries out. Um, oh, nice. And you can literally do it all day as long as you need to, um, which is crazy. But you also need to be able to run your graphics card all day long. And the a6000 can do that hmm. so um and the way you guys have built the cooling in this thing it doesn't even heat up so um i hope that answered your question mm-hmm. i know earlier you had mentioned that now you're, you're pulling like 14 hour days uh working with w- w- was that just working with has or is that no. just like your whole day no, but, but in general like i i spend I live and breathe unreal. Like I am not a, I'm not an expert, you know, but honestly, like, I love it. Like I, I have to, like, my dog is like, Hey, I need to be walked and stuff. And I'm like, I need to go for a walk too. But uh, if I could be in front of this workstation every single day, all day long, um, I do, I actually do it. Sometimes like life gets in the way and I've got to get groceries. Um, I might need a new chair. Okay. Cause I spend <laughs> so much time in front of the computer. I'm like, I need a new chair. I need a new chair. Um, but so if anybody has any suggestions, any people that are watching, if you guys have any like chair recommendations, please let me know. Um, but yeah, yeah, serious relationship over here. Yeah. Cool. We have another question from YouTube from Kat question for Gabby. What were some of the hardships you ran into when first connecting to industry professionals from the beginning of your journey? Okay. Challenges. Um, confidence. Like I don't, I don't speak the language. I don't know how to ask questions. Um, I didn't even understand what virtual production was until like Matt Workman broke it down. He's like, there's three types. And then I heard, um, I heard um, John McInnes explain that like the type of virtual production you um, you use depends on the project and what you're trying to create. So I'm like trying to like rack my brain and I'm like, what am I trying to do here? You know, um, so trying to figure out where I belonged. Um, mm. My friend Rafa was like, you know, we started out at the same time. Um, not even a year ago. And he was doing mixed reality. He was showing me how to connect um, two Vive base stations with a tracker in order to get camera tracking inside of Unreal. And I was like, 
I was like, I, I'm like, this isn't fun. Like I'm having to do all this. Stuff. Like, you know, you want to show me how to do end display. I'm like, I don't like this. So, um, Finding what I did like, um, I kind of gravitated towards all in engine. I was like, I don't want to work with all that crazy software. Um, but also like being new to like motion capture, I didn't know what motion capture was. Um, and just making yourself vulnerable and just saying, I don't know, and not being afraid to ask. Um now I have no problem asking people like, hey, what is this? Uh, I'm not afraid for them to be like, oh, she doesn't know anything. I'm like, at this point, like anyone who's doing virtual production understands that we're all still learning. Like there is no expert, you know, um, we're all like every time you take and Kat, to answer your question, here's how I would answer that. Like in one sentence, every step you take up that, you know, that mountain, there's a new problem for you to solve. OK, so. And that is like the journey of virtual production. Every single day you solve new problems and um, you have to want to take that next step. Once you're like, oh my God, I figured this out. Then you're like, all right, let me take a step further. Oh, a new a new problem that's going to eat up God knows how much time. So you have to like love it so much that every step you take up that mountain, you are prepared. It's not going to be easy you know, and there's going to be more challenges. Right now, I got the whole hardware challenge out of the way with you guys. There's no mm -hmm. hardware issues. Um, now it's just about like my, my organizing my time and learning. I'm curious, what has been the most challenging thing since the hardware part is out of the way? What's been the most challenging thing, uh, I guess, to learn since that seems to be the, the biggest part now? Um, well, it's finding out what you don't know, you know, mm -hmm. like, um, I don't, I really want to learn Niagara. Okay. Um, which is like the, the effects, like the visual, the VFX inside of unreal. Um, what other challenges? Um, honestly, there's so much to learn. I have so much, I have like a list of all the stuff that I really want to learn and all of the stuff that I want to test out that it's kind of hard to figure out, like, what do I start on first? you know and um and the other challenge is finding collaborators because i don't know how to use blender i know how to open it up and like you know drop an asset in there but i don't know how to use like maya i don't know how to rig i don't know how to like you know model a character or really like fine-tune an environment so um I guess my challenge now isn't just learning, but it's finding collaborators that can save that, you know, that save that time. And I can also like, you know, repay them with um, whatever they might need, you know, whatever my strengths are. So collaborators. So if anybody's out there that's listening, that's like, you know, a character modeler or an environmental artist or a rigger, you know, that would like to collaborate, like, please reach out. What's the best way for them to get in touch? Um, I started a Discord channel um, and uh, my YouTube channel and then probably like LinkedIn or Instagram on LinkedIn. I'm Gabriella Crusanio Takis. Um, and then on like Instagram and YouTube, I go by Feeding Wolves. Um, and then Facebook, of course, I've got like my personal one on there, which, yeah. Right on. So like she said, if you're if you want to dabble, get in touch. Right on. We need to uh, set up a uh, Gabriella corridor crossover. Get those guys yeah. doing something. They are working on a cool. I'm really excited not to get off topic, but I am really excited for their Dungeons and Dragons mixed reality thing that they're doing that seems like a really cool thing that's going to be neat mm -hmm. um we have a question from facebook which is kind of new uh 
Thylipan, I'm sorry if I mispronounced your name. Um, he was wondering how much your motion capture system costs. Um, well, uh, here's the thing. I'm European, okay? So I always get like a little uncomfortable to throw numbers around to start giving you pricing. Um, the Xsense Link Suit, okay? Uh, with the software and then the Manus Prime 2 gloves with the software, the Faceware Mark IV, you know, um, with the software. All together, you could get yourself, um, get yourself like, and the computer and everything. Like if I had to just like add everything together, all together, probably like a brand new Toyota 4Runner. <laughs> brand new 4Runner, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's one of those things uh, that like can fluctuate dramatically depending on exactly what kind of stuff you want to do, how much stuff you want to do. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm over-exaggerating, but um, well. this is <laughs> who barely has like a, a car that's like hanging on its lad. Like anything that I've had the opportunity to invest in has been like in myself and my tools. So um, again, like Xsense, you know, they have two options. Uh, they have the link, um, which I believe is 12K. And then they have the Awinda, which I believe is like four, four-ish. Um, then there's different software options. So it's not just the hardware. It's also the software that you're um, purchasing. Uh, the Manus Prime 2 gloves are now sold by Xsense as well. And they have some options um, where you can get like... Um, you can get the software for like a lifetime. I, I don't, I, I don't really remember because it's kind of new. Uh, Faceware they have some options. They have like the indie head cam, which uses um, a GoPro, and then you have like I think that's like around five thousand. And then they've got like the Mark IV, which don't even get me started. How much cost? <laughs> um, uh, it depends on what you want to create. And uh, yeah, at this point, like everything I've invested, I have a small studio. Like I can literally like help i can do what a small studio does um so it depends on how uh what you want to make and on the the hardware side we kind of went like super high end for your computer because we're looking at getting all the data right the first time don't have to do a whole lot of cleanup um we can just capture everything in one shot on one computer you can go lower you might start to see some of those like missed frames and this kind of stuff but then if you're willing to put in the work to clean up the animations manually you can do that it's just you're trading your time in the long run for the cost up front and there's a lot of variables like you can do a three thousand dollar unreal system four thousand dollars and have a really good motion capture setup if especially if you want to like willing to clean up animations, building all that stuff. But if you just want to capture 100% of the frames right the first time, then be able to ship that off, turn around, do another set, like then you start to go up a little, a little higher. As an example, to replicate Gabby's machine to a T without shipping is around $9,000 US. Mm. And and like half of that is the A6000. <laughs> kind of give a perspective. Um, but yeah. like I said, there's a there's a range there, and just and that was mainly because of your use of um, metahumans and um, the kind of the quality that has was looking for in the final film that like we wanted to make sure that your system would be able to match everything else and. Um, 
So if you're not doing that, maybe you're working with Daz 3D characters or um, Character Creator 3. Um, they have a little bit lower performance needs because they're lower poly, lower texture um, characters. You can get away with a cheaper video card. Um, yeah, there's. It's it's a tough question to answer. Is how much a system is going to be? Really, the the big cost is the suit, the motion, the gloves, the face tracking thing. Like if I was to go try to do the face tracking, I don't have an iPhone, so I'd have to go buy an iPhone. That's expensive, and like one of the newer ones that has the lidar. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, they can get. It just depends on what you want to do. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to add to that because. Sure. Um, as far as price, because people are like, oh, my God, like, I can't, you know, like, I'm not you, Gabby, like, I can't afford all this stuff. And I get it. You know what? Like, you asked me a year ago, if I had asked this question a year ago, I would have said the same thing to myself. But um, again, let's talk about like, how much it really costs to make a film like I'm doing this to make films, right? Like, I want to render out like now that I have this, I, I'm no longer like, you know what, like maybe I can pitch my stuff to someone and they can help me make it. I can make, I can literally render out like, like a fully, fully length film from my house. I want to like do mixed reality. I can do pretty much whatever I want now, but um, I don't need to get uh, like an area Alexa mini. I don't need to like buy a red Komodo. I can use my virtual camera tool, which literally gives me like, you know, the shots that I want inside of Unreal. I can literally create whatever I want inside of Unreal. And for me, that is a small investment considering I'm not paying $100,000 for a film school. Um, I mean, that's just for film school, right? And then you think about the equipment that you're going to you're going to spend as a filmmaker, you're going to buy the bodies, you're going to buy the lenses, you're going to buy like that chunk compared to like the big picture is basically saying like, hey, you know what, we can all do it now. Like you look at how much a short indie film would cost. Why not make it with Unreal? You know, why not make it with like some type of virtual production? Mm -hmm. um, so that's where we're at. So if anyone's getting sticker shock, like this is a, an investment, but like think of how much you would spend on like just a camera body, you know, just yeah. a camera body alone, not including like insurances or crew. You know what I mean? Like I don't need to pay my actors. Like my actors, like I am my actors, you know? So, um, but yeah, if anybody's like wondering, like I, I, I get it, you know, but um, I've been like serious about doing this my whole life. So um, for me, the investment is worth it. It's like you get one shot, you know? And like also remember if you're out there thinking about getting started, Gabby got started on a laptop. Like mm -hmm. the best computer for your project is the one you have. So just try it, like do something and then see where that takes you. If you get into it after a couple months, and you're like, this isn't really for me. Be glad you didn't spend $10,000 on a new computer and $12,000 on motion capture suit that you're never going to use again. Like get into it, see how it goes. And then see if that's that investment is worth it to you in the long run. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that. Yeah, and if you're a rigger or like a character model, like we can trade, we can, we can, yeah. we can change services. You know what I mean? So yeah. 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 Uh, let's see. Oh, there was a question from original nine as well. So you could, so Yes, so you could run that station well with a 3090. Yeah, we um, that was the original recommendation. Um, but then that I had was to use a 3090. Um, but then after discussion of exactly the scenes that she was working with and what her goals were, we decided the A6000 for the VRAM and for mm. being able to run as stably for long periods of time 
Um, but yeah, 3090 for like just raw com- computational power, 3090 and 6000 are pretty close okay. within a few percent of each other, um, as long as you're not exceeding the VRAM. If you exceed the VRAM, then your frame rates drop a lot. And if you're exceeding the VRAM on an A6000, you're probably doing something wrong. It's it like 48, <laughs> isn't your... it? Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. That's, jeez. Yeah. Oh, wow. There isn't anything, there isn't any way to get higher than that. So <laughs> <laughs> another A6000, you just get another one. Yeah, uh, Unreal doesn't do that. Uh, Kat had another question, and I, I, I think this is a good one. She says, as a woman in this industry, do you feel there were additional steps you had to take to prove yourself during your journey? As a woman? Um, I don't know how to answer that. That's a tough one because um, I don't know. Like, how does that make me different? Um if I was a girl or a guy? Uh, I don't know how to answer that, Kat, but I think... Um, I think what I would say to that is not just as a woman, but as anybody who's coming into this with no experience whatsoever, no background, like it could be anybody. Um, I, I, I made it kind of like to the first few steps of the mountain. Okay. And it's, it's still there. It's still really, really big. There's so much I still need to conquer. Um, but I did get there. And if anybody's like wondering, you know what I mean? Um, is it possible? I think so. Like I, again, I, I am completely new to this. Um, but I think what helped me was actually, if I like kind of think about it, um, from Manus, Manus has been like incredible. Like they they gave me my first shot. You know, they were like, you know, you know, here's your first taste of motion capture. But um, it was like Katie Joe from Accents who kind of like, you know, like gave me my my real first taste of mocap and like really kind of like taught me everything. Um, and I have to say, Cat, I think it's Cat from Beastware. Um, Cat has taught me so much. Oh my God! Like I am like I can't wait now that I have time um, to like go through that webinar. You know that uh, Faceware and Extends did together. Um, it's been like it's kind of been like women that have all, all like really like lifted me up when I needed it. Um, but I can't say anything bad about the guys because like I, like everybody's been so amazing. You know, so I don't know. I don't know how That's to answer true. it as a, as a woman's perspective. I think for anybody who's like, you know, doesn't have a crazy resume and doesn't have like, you know, the film schools and doesn't have any of that, you know, as a background, it's just blank slate, you know, like. I feel like from other industry people I've talked to, there's a stark difference between the big studios and what's kind of happening with virtual production in the independent um, film space for how women are treated, especially like in the studios, there's still this very toxic masculinity boys club thing. But here in the kind of independent space, everyone's very like receptive to new people, to whatever um, country you're from, whatever gender, they're just like, oh, you're into this. You want to make things cool. I want to make things. I do this thing. You do that. Let's like make things together and like help each other out. And it's just a very different community. It's been really fun to kind of work through. I've heard about the boys club. I have heard about it. Um, And uh, I think it's like, it's kind of like that in a lot of industries in general. I think maybe like working in the food service industry and like, (laughs) 
just putting up with all the stuff I put up with, I honestly like that stuff doesn't even bother me. Has it held me back so far? It hasn't. So if I encounter a situation where someone's kind of like holding me back because like I'm a girl, you know, um, I haven't hit that wall yet, um, but because there's because this is so new, and there's not that many of us, um, I think it's kind of like open season. It's like you know, like you're lucky if you can find someone who like knows how to build an amazing environment in Unreal. So is it really going to matter if they're like a female or not? Um, I don't really know. I don't know yet, but I've heard I've heard stories. Um, and sometimes it's not even from the boys club. Sometimes it's the women, you know? So, um, yeah, I've just, I've learned not to like really pay attention to that stuff, not to care. But if something like that, you know, got in my way, um, just like every other obstacle, you know, like um, figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I always like to think of, think a little forward. Is there anything that, um, either like hardware or or cool tools or anything that um that are that are on the horizon or things people are doing that you're really stoked for just anything in the future uh let me see i just got my first taste of vr um Mm -hmm. i'm really excited to test out like vr uh mocap um specifically with the manis trackers the new ones Mm -hmm. um it's a pipeline I've never learned, so I'm really excited to see that. Um, with still in VR, I really want to see what like a full body and face uh, mocap performance captured inside of Unreal would look like inside of a VR experience. Um, so I'm super excited about that. And um, I love testing out new tech. Like I love it. Like anything, like I've seen like mocap being captured with a phone, okay? Anything that's like new tech that I can use inside of Unreal, I'm like, I'm so excited to try out. So I think that would be it uh, for now. And um, yeah, anything to do with like uh, like Niagara or special effects, like I'm testing out like this new Ninja Ninja Live, Ninja Fluid or something, some really cool effects made by somebody. Um, and just, I guess if I had to say one more thing, it would be... Um, Someone mentioned to me like um, D14D, which is like 3D scanning of somebody's face while also capturing motion capture, like also like capturing their face. I thought that was kind of cool, you know, to have like your face scanned while you're capturing mocap. But um, I'm really happy with what I've got as far as like a facial motion solution. So, um, but yeah, any kind of new tech, I'm always like kind of obsessed about. Um, If you hear of anything, let me know. Yeah, yeah, I was I was like to hear about all that because I I I'm not plugged into a lot of these spaces, and so I, I like hearing it from those who are who are. <laughs> uh, let's see, called filter. We see we've all seen that called filter and the face emoji thing. Oh, you're, you're talking like the an emojis like on iPhone and stuff. Sure, sure, I can see that where it it uses the lidar from the iPhone and then and then kind of moves the. That's yeah. like a form of AI, but I mean, like, um, no, I saw like a phone, like an app that you can do body mocap, you know, with, and uh, it captures your movements. And then you take that data, you put it onto an FBX and then import it inside of Unreal. Like, that's crazy, you know, like, yeah, but yeah, the face emojis is like that, that face stuff is actually really cool. Like I kind of mess with those sometimes when I'm talking to people. <laughs> that's pretty fun. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see here. Um, 
I guess, well, we've touched on a lot of the questions that I have by pre my preloaded questions. Kelly, do you have anything you would like to take? Um, well, there was one earlier that um, someone asked, is it possible to tell a story in Unreal Engine? I'd oh. say very, very much so. Like there is this unprecedented demand for Unreal Engine for video production, filmmaking, people doing um web shorts or tv shows or full feature movies all in unreal engine um yeah it's like it's a great way to quickly tell a story without having to worry about the rendering times of your 3d renderer and all that kind of stuff you just do it in real time I like it, and I imagine I imagine with Unreal, free. there's yeah. I was, I was going to say there's with Unreal in, in particular, there must be plenty of of freely available assets and stuff, so where you mm -hmm. can make an environment and play yeah. around and have your own look pre done characters and things. They have um, um, Epic has its own marketplace for Unreal Engine that has a lot of free stuff on it, and then every month they have five things that they take from the marketplace that were paid and like give away for free for that month and then they go back to being paid so like i have a pretty significant library of of stuff now um that you can get from the marketplace for free you can get full environments made by epic or um characters they've released like um uh several of their games that they've produced over the years they've released like the entire assets like all the characters all of the environments so you can just like oh. use that as like a base for something and yeah, cool. lots of free stuff. Oh, that's neat. Right, right, right. Um, I would maybe, sorry, I would say also like look up the uh, Epic Games uh, Unreal Engine Vimeo uh, for the mm -hmm. fellowships. These are um, people who are um, the people whose videos you're going to see, all the short films. Um, this is like... 99% of these people's first experience with Unreal. Um, and you see like how you're able to do so much in this one software uh, that they probably would have never been able to do in like such a short period of time that they have this, you know, virtual production fellowship. It's, it's all an engine. Um, and it's, again, this virtual production using Unreal Engine is to make films, is to like tell stories. Um, so yeah, I've seen like people like accomplish it on a Mac, um, but you kind of look at what people who have like spent maybe a few weeks using Unreal Engine produce and um, anyone can do it, like anybody. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so the the uh, Celine Pen uh, expanded a little bit on their question. Is it possible to tell a story in Unreal Engine for first person viewing? Example: the person who's watching the movie needs to be to view their own perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've seen some. Basically, you ended up packaging it as a game as opposed to like rendering out a movie. Well, sure. Um, and then you can like, I saw one project where a person was. It wasn't a a game it was like a interactive experience that like the story is happening and but there's like actors well actors um in various parts of the environment and you can depending on where you go you pick up different parts of the story so like your experience is different because each time you go through it because you're seeing different things each time like depending on where you go and you kind of piece together this larger story because you like move to a different spot and listen to this other group of people talk and then you catch this person's side of the story and yeah you can definitely do that's the thing with unreal 
like you can render it out you can make it a game you can just make it an interactive experience you could like do whatever you want really like it's moved beyond a game engine to just being a 3d engine for whatever you want to do yeah that sounds so cool i would love to experience um a movie where you you know like okay if i stand here i'm only catching a part of the story and then like oh i could go over there mm-hmm. and it, it, oh that would be like actually like we talked yeah. about in the last one where we we're talking about Probably. vr and, stuff, and mm-hmm. i i'm gonna go ahead and like add to the deja vu because like i, I think i quoted someone from Epic who said, the only thing holding you back is your imagination. You can totally mm-hmm. do that. You could totally do that. Oh, that would be so cool. Or or even maybe change the flow of the, the, the movie, you know, in a, that might be getting a little too expansive, but like, <laughs> yeah. how cool, how cool. Kevin DeLucia says, Gabriella, I'm really impressed to see what you've done over the past year. Keep up the great work. Love hearing your stories. Thank you, Kevin. Kevin's from Tampa as well. That's awesome. And he works at like a he works at like one of the biggest LED stages on the East Coast. So uh thank you. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Uh let's see. Do I miss any other questions? No, not yet. Man, the I'm 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 just gonna repeat. I highly recommend. I just I I just Googled unreal engine or unreal virtual production fellowship and or vimeo uh yes. fellowship and there's so many cool mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna have to watch some of those clips and stuff oh solomon's here too he says hi solomon. gabby good to see you solomon you're next I will be yes yes <laughs> we'll be reaching out to you soon solomon uh to get you on as well um actually maybe gabby would you want to be there too not to I will spot. be watching for sure, but Solomon okay. deserves the spotlight. He has earned it. So cool. Cool. I'll oh, be taking that. That'll be fun. Um, oh, this is a good question, and I'm I'm a little surprised I hadn't touched on this to begin with or, or earlier on. Uh, Celine Penn also asks if you want if you want to learn that workflow, where can I learn? So yeah, where would you recommend somebody who's just starting out? Where should they start? Really good question. Unreal Engine has everything pretty much set for you. They have a learning page. Okay, start with my first hour in Unreal. Okay, and just learn the interface, just learn how to move around in the software. Um, And then from there, they have a ton of tutorials. And of course, my favorite, YouTube. Um, That's that's how I learn. And the Jonathan Winbush Unreal Engine course on MoGraph.com. I always recommend that because I was complete noob. Um, Yeah. I just pasted the link to the online learning courses from Unreal uh, in there, and then you said, um, John, oh, Lynn Lin Butch has Yeah, Epic has a lot of resources there. Epic's kind of both like was super well documented and also on some things not very well documented, mm-hmm. but they have. It's a lot of stuff that they do have to at least get you started. Once you start getting some of the deep end, then it starts getting a little murky. Um, but then, yeah, um, Gabriella has some good uh, videos on her YouTube. Um, Solomon here in the chat has some great stuff on his YouTube. Um, JS Films on YouTube, uh, Citizen Meta One, which is Matt Workman. Um, he has a lot of good stuff. Um, there's a lot of people. I can go on and on for hours on. Me too. I'm like, you got the most ones. JS Films is amazing. Yeah, and Winbush. Winbush has Winbush. a lot of you like uh, Unreal and video editing. 
Um, right. I'm on a couple weeks ago. So I'm trying, trying to Google real fast and get all these, these <laughs> links in here. So I got I got the online learning courses from Unreal in there. I got Jonathan Winbush's YouTube, but JS Films in there. Um, I'm hoping that's Solomon. Right. Definitely. Hope, yes, Solomon. Uh, there. No, that's a uh, different jazz. Oh, my bad. F I L M Z. Oops. Okay. Uh, let me let me uh, scrub some of that. Well, I can only delete the Facebook one. So, <laughs> sorry about that. The wrong one. Just what I go for going fast. Yeah. So, film with a Z. Hmm. Let's see. We're trying to, we're trying to help out as much as I can. Uh, and then there's tons of other people. If you're looking at like lighting stuff or what you want to learn exactly in Unreal, because there's a million different ways to go depending on what you kind of like. Start by installing Unreal. Okay. Mm. Start by installing it. If you need a good computer, you know where to go. Um, and um, yeah, I wouldn't. I would honestly like. I I'm just really grateful that you invited me on here, that you guys have you listened to what my problems were. Um, you offered a solution and um, it's like full speed ahead. You know, I have no excuse, no excuse not to like do something now. So thank you. I, love it. I especially like the thought that it's not, it isn't the hardware that's getting in the way anymore. No. Now, I mean, you mentioned I don't have to look at the system recs, the recommendations anymore. I can just install whatever I want and it just works. The The data you're collecting is perfect. You don't have to fiddle or fuss around with, with any of the, Kelly mentioned, like cleaning up animations and things like that. Um, and I, I feel like... I feel like that's made such that's probably like the biggest impact and it's like now it's all just learning as much as you can and that's super cool one of the guys from corridor said creating at the speed of thought just being able to create as fast as you're thinking about it and what you think about is now on your screen that's amazing yeah i like that too (laughs) can i get a t-shirt that says that please right i don't know how that's not in corridor's merch store yet they have everything Cre- else. Creating at the speed of thought. Yeah, I think we can make that happen. That that'd maybe, be a good maybe, maybe that'd be a good computer system that. shirt. Oh, that's, that's we're, gonna, that's the, we're gonna steal it. They we give them a computer, we get a shirt. That's it's a fair trade. I think that's fair. It's not like <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I'm doing it. Okay. Well, you know, because, the fact that he said that he loves what he's doing, though you could tell. So. Oh yeah. That's so cool. That does bring us a little bit over our hour for the day, so we'll wrap it up here. Um, Thank you, Gabby and Kelly, for joining us, um, taking the time out of your day to to share the share your experiences and your your uh, just everything was so cool i feel really good it was such a happy and, and positive experience today it was really cool thank you so much thank you so much yeah and as always thank you to the audience as well for joining us today we do this every wednesday around 1 p.m pacific and uh, we have external experts like gabby and internal experts like kelly on every week um to, talking about tips and tricks to their experiences and um, giving you guys advice and all that good stuff. And just, man, we have, um, it's just a good, good time. Everybody, I love it. I'm so glad that everybody had questions today and that we helped out and provided so much value for everyone. Thank you all. So mark your calendars for that Wednesdays, 1 PM Pacific. And um, if there's nothing else you guys want to shout out or mention, we'll say goodbye. All right. <laughs> all right. Thanks you guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you.